Hi, welcome to Ray Spoon Goes Around. My name is Ray Spoon, and this is my brand new podcast about my travels. I'm a musician and author, and I get to do a lot of touring and meeting people and getting to do different projects. So I thought it would be super fun to interview some of the people involved. I thought for my first podcast, I would start where I live, in Victoria, BC, Canada, on the ancestral unceded territory of the Lekwungen people. So I started singing, from my first memory anyway, uh, in a choir in Calgary. It was a church choir and a fairly evangelical church. Um, So my associations with choir are a little bit more on that side. I I had not been in a choir ever since. Um, And yeah, so I've been invited by a choir here in Victoria called The Choir to perform with them. So I jumped at the opportunity to perform three of my songs with them, um, arranged by the director Mark, and this is a story of me going back to choir. So when you're performing with people, you usually practice. I've been known to not practice, and that's always like a bad thing. Um, So the very first thing I have to do is go to a choir practice. And yeah, like I said, I haven't been at a choir practice for a long time and never when I wasn't forced. So going willingly is a really good step for me. My father-in-law, Tim Marks, is in a lot of different choirs and he has been for years. So I thought I would get him to come in and chat with me about what I can expect at my first practice. So I've been to your choir performance recently here in Victoria. Uh, with a Vox Humana, and so I thought since I'm going to go practice with choir YYJ, I should get sort of like the family in knowledge, like what happens at a choir practice, like what do I need to know about a choir practice? Good questions. Uh, A lot of what happens at a choir practice depends on a few things. First of all, the type of music that the choir wants to perform, uh, the level of skill that uh, the various members have, whether they're going to be on book or off book, whether they read music, um, all of those kinds of things come into it. So there, there are choirs for people who really just like to sing and it doesn't matter whatever they bring to it. And then there are other choirs where uh, they're auditioned and so there's usually an expectation of a certain level of reading um, as well as, as being able to follow the director and so on. Uh, the choirs, I've sung in, in all sorts of choirs, um, in the ones that, that are non-auditioned, often the choir director really does a lot to take care of and support the singers. In the other choirs, there's a lot greater expectation on the singers to go home and uh, figure stuff out on their own. At so a, yeah. do you mean like on book or off book? Does that mean reading music? Ah, good question, yeah. On book means uh, that the singers are able to hold the music in front of them, whatever that is. It might be the words, it might be the notes, it might be both. Off book means they've memorized it. So if a choir is going to sing without the music in front of them, then they have a lot of work to do. They have to memorize the words and the notes and when to come in and when to stop singing as the various parts kind of weave their way through the... Right. And the are there intonations in the music? Like, do you have to memorize certain expression too? Or? There are, yeah. yeah. Um, so some some places, you know, it'll get louder, it'll get softer, or it'll get suddenly really choppy or, you know, just really da-da-da versus really mm-hmm. smooth. Like legato and right. staccato and exactly. stuff like that. Okay. Exactly. And the director can, can often cue a little bit. The director's not generally able to... And tell us everything that's going to happen. Right. Um, so we rehearse those things as we go. Um, you know, we'll we'll do a passage and then come back and do it again. And 
and it's a lot like layering things on. Um, so in the same way as, as someone might be learning algebra, um, first you have to learn some basic things and then you layer on new things and then you layer on new things or even someone learning to ride a bike. So even like with a piece of music, you first approach it. Are you approaching it more for notes at first and words and then for intonation and like feel of the whole choir and blending, I guess? All of those. The first thing often is rhythm. And again, it depends on how rhythmically challenging a piece be, might be. It's sometimes they're you know very straightforward. You know, one, two, one, two. Sometimes it can be you know one, two, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, one, two, three, four, five. And so okay. that kind of stuff has to be uh, in place first. One of the choirs I'm singing in now, we're rehearsing uh, to present Carmina Burana with um, the Victoria Symphony, and it's a big choir. It's about 140 people. And in doing that, uh, the tempo is really fast, so the speed of it is really fast. It's in Latin and German. The notes themselves, the, the pitches and intonations aren't that hard, but the rhythm can be really tricky and it can get really fast. So we're, as we're learning that, we start out with first learning how to pronounce the words that we don't know because they're in Latin and sort of old German. And then we look at the rhythms and we pronounce. We just speak. We don't even sing. We speak it in rhythm and then we bring the, the notes and the pitch into it. Oh, cool. I've never seen people speak like the rhythm of a piece. It, it's interesting. It tells you where to breathe, right? If you can speak it first, mm -hmm. then you can see where the breaths have to come in. Mm -hmm. And it also uh, helps, helps with that kind of... Everybody has an inside sense of rhythm and it helps us then know where to put the emphasis, for example, on words and how you know what we're building to in a phrase. Um, and so once we've done that and we start to sing it, for example, last night we separated the uh, lower voice singers from the higher voice singers and we practiced in separate places. And then we brought it together to see how it fit together. Hmm. Um, and it's a fairly lengthy piece and you know we've rehearsed maybe half of it so far and at a very early level mm -hmm. so we all have a lot of work to do still it's it's going to take a little while to put it together so it sounds like there's like choirs because there's so many people singing or there may be less there mm. there's a lot about communication going on of how to fit all the voices together or, or the parts mm -hmm. is that usually the director who makes like the final call or does everybody listen to it and then talk about it a little bit or does that become too time consuming <laughs> it's the director who makes the final call on that um, the thing I've discovered about um, most of the choirs I've sung in the director has really been an educator as well so they they have this group of people however those people got there and they take them and they they move them um, to build skill mm -hmm. and and it's through that that um, skill building in something that we all really enjoy that I think for many people brings them back over and over. They, they want to stay in choir. Mm -hmm. um, so there's sort of like, not so much, a, maybe a culture of choir, like, or maybe it's also a, a bit like being on a sports team where you're trying to achieve something as a group and there's something, mm -hmm. you know, you really get out of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, practicing and getting better is a very good feeling. <laughs> it is, You know, yeah. you're like, oh, I can actually do this <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's a really good analogy. Um, you know, in team sports, for example, um, working together and people have different roles and so on. And when it works, 
then they accomplish something. A major difference with choir is outside of festivals. It's generally not about winning. It's about delivering something that people mm-hmm. will enjoy, which is true of sports teams. People mm-hmm. enjoy it when they win. Yeah. But nobody loses right. in a choir. Yeah. And that's that, for me personally, was one of the biggest things that mattered. Um, you know, I had had some involvement with competitive sport, and there was always those two sides there's the winner and then there's everybody else and with choir it never felt like that it was always we're all in this and at the end of it we know we'll have a performance of some type and we'll feel good about it and that was really important to me and I think other people I've spoken to say the same thing like there's the goal of the performance too is a big part of it Mm -hmm. because are you mostly in choir I guess there are practices and then performances, and that's what you do. You show up to mm-hmm. learn something, and then you learn it, and then you perform it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. And uh, I, was, I was fortunate that my, my first major experience in choir was, was in a church choir. And I say fortunate because we rehearsed every week, we sang every week, and every performance, so to speak, was a new piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just always learning. Whereas in some of the other choirs, it's a longer piece, and so you might be working three months on a single piece. In right, a church so you've got a lot of performance time in church choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. how I learned to like. I'd play guitar with, you know, even when I didn't really know how to play guitar by ear, I was learning how to play. And it was like every Friday at youth group, and I would just get up and play with, you know, I was like 15 playing with a bunch of 25-year-olds <laughs> who knew how to play, and I would just watch their hands. And, and you know, the consistency of that experience and you know just getting up in front of people and and being allowed to play you know like really helped me develop my idea of like where chords are on the neck and I had to learn how to do bar chords even though my hands are very small Mm -hmm. and you know just to play by ear to play by ear really fast you have to learn how to do certain things and um, yeah so I found the consistency of that uh, really helped me like develop musically and yeah so I guess I'm going to this choir and I haven't sung with a choir since I was like a kid Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. church choir and I, you know, I only had one solo, and I, I didn't have a solo again. And I, I wrote about it in my book, so everybody could, you can read about that if you want. But it didn't go well. Um, there was a lot of hot lights, and I was wearing nylons and scratching my legs in between every word. And yeah, so and I'm a very shy person, so I think I, I never actually thought I would become like a music performer is my job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is like I guess I'm kind of thinking about you know choir at church where it was usually like pretty gendered, even, you know, with youth or your voices aren't in different registers, depending on anything, but they would still split you into like the gender binary and sex mm-hmm. and be like, boys are going to sing this and girls are going to sing this. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to YYJ, like to singing with this choir. Cause I heard that they, um, it's not split up by that. They mostly like split by section. And I know not all choirs do that, but I think, I guess I'm the whole point of this podcast is I'm trying to find out, like find, what choir is like and also what is that consistency you can get without going to you know a church every week is Mm -hmm. it something that's similar but also maybe like a little bit less oppressive than my church was at the time i think that it it can be certainly um, choirs do have their weekly rehearsal Um, they don't necessarily have their um, their weekly performance and i'm sure church choir members would not like me to use the word performance. When I, <laughs> I like that you're calling church performance. That's um, great. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think, again, I've been in choirs where um, they are generally gendered in terms of soprano, alto, tenor, bass. When there's a voice that lies outside of 
the gender expectation, then that voice sings in the part that makes the most sense. Um, when I was in high school, I had a friend whose mom sang bass in the mm -hmm. local choir. And in uh, another choir, there was a, a couple, a married heterosexual couple, and the, the man's voice was in fact higher than the woman's voice. They both so, sang tenor. He sang tenor one, which is slightly higher, and she sang tenor two. And it was no big deal. Um, it just, we make it work. And I think that's, again, one of the things about choir that, um, for the most part, people can sing in the range that they're, that they're able to sing. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, that works really well. Yeah. With, with um, you know, with Choir YYJ, I think it's also um, really helpful that, that they have that sing, sing the way you're comfortable because I think that's really invitational. Mm -hmm. um, people can feel somewhat intimidated going into a choir often because, you know, as children, we may learn that, um, oh, the best way you can sing is just to mouth the words. And I think that's one of the worst things that, that anybody can ever say to, to a child or to anybody mm -hmm. is just mouth the words. And, and I, I know many people have said that's what I was told. And yet, they're good singers. Mm -hmm. I think anybody can learn to sing. My very first choir director believed that absolutely anybody can learn to sing. And and she she showed us that that was true. Yeah, she I often the same way. Yeah, well, she would go into schools and work with kids who hadn't really learned to sing. And she told me one time that she worked with a boy who could produce one pitch. She said after a couple of sessions, he was able to match pitch over two octaves. Mm-hmm because she took the time to help him figure out how to make the sound coming out of his mouth match what he was hearing on the piano. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, just, and, you know, what, what is singing? It sort of brings up the question, like, what is singing for? The, telling someone to only mouth the words is kind of, you're kind of telling them that you, their voice is for you to mm -hmm. decide. And so, mm -hmm. you know, along with other things in life, I think that's really beautiful to take that back. And, you know, I think singing is also in the experience of the singer. Um, I don't know like how you feel about singing regularly, but for me, having a job as a singer, you know, if I don't sing for a while, I don't actually sing much off of stage. Like I mm -hmm. either record or I'm singing on stage and I'm, my voice is very loud, so I don't like to sing at home uh, too much, So which is kind of funny. So I have to actually set up shows so that I can sing. Um, but I think it's done a lot for me over the years, um, like mental health wise, to just have regular singing, um, even compared to exercise, like I find it is very therapeutic for me. I don't know if you feel that way. Sort of like a way of bringing myself into my body. And I do actually. I feel I feel very much that way. And um, there have been times in my life where where my two-hour choir practice was was that one chance where I could stop thinking about whatever else was happening and focus on the music, focus on the sound around me, and just let go and feel that I belong to this group feel that I could engage with it and and it really was a lifesaver that way and it still is in many ways um, music is that for me so with all of Tim's great advice I feel ready for my first practice with a choir in many many years I packed up my amp and my guitar and all my pedals and my backing tracks anyway and then I remembered that there's gonna be a hundred people there and I feel like very shy all of a sudden so I asked my spouse to come with me and she kindly agreed so we both got on the bus to the community center where they practice 
So practice was super fun, and the choir was awesome, and Mark was really, really nice. So I didn't have actually a lot to be anxious about, and it turns out I knew a bunch of the people who were in the choir. So I thought I would interview a member of the choir who is also going to be performing um, one of her own songs with the mini choir, Elder Sister Plum, whose name is Tanya. I joined the choir... Um, yeah, a Three years ago, um, I had just moved back here, and the, I joined in the winter session that started in January. Mm -hmm. And I've I've been in every session but one since then. So they're like in semesters, kind of. Okay, and so there's a concert at the end of every semester. Mm -hmm. Cool, mm -hmm. sweet. And have you had a lot of guest artists in, like while you were just like while you were singing in the choir? It's like guest artists every time, right? Yeah, there's guest artists every time. Catherine Calder, I saw once. Yeah. Um, darn, I have a really bad memory, so I'm not really going to be able to tell you. <laughs> Just make them up. Best have been. Um, when I w first joined the choir, um, it was the first year that, or the first session that Anne Schaefer was not the choir director. She she founded it. Okay. Um, and Kelby, I think his name is Mc McNair, he was taking over as conductor and Mark Jenkins, who's now the conductor, he was just, mm -hmm. um, he was the co-director of the choir and um, just did a few songs and sang with us for the mm -hmm. rest of them. And um, yeah, there's been a guest performer every time, but it always looks a little bit different mm -hmm. in terms of how much music they're playing on their own and how much we sing with them. and. Okay. Yeah, because that was really cool to sing with the choir for me. I bet. That was like a hundred of you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what are you people when I'm on tour? I know. <laughs> I've always... So backup. <laughs> it's like, it's so rich and it's so many people. I always wonder what that is like for the guest performers when they come in, like for the first 
rehearsal and also you're you're like singing at us and facing us and then mm-hmm. there's like 80 people to 100 people back. yeah singing yeah that's your so song fun like, like I've done workshops with that many people ish before so I do like youth workshops sometimes but not actually performing and also having the arrangements already there and sung back is really cool too, yeah so. yeah yeah so that was super fun at practice I was like whoa yeah <laughs> I mean it's always weird to write it's always strange to write a song and even hear anyone else sing it you know it's yeah always, I'm sure you've had that experience, right? You just hear someone sing your song, you're like, hmm. Yeah, I have a, a friend who really likes to sing my songs, but they play ukulele and have a really different vocal range than mm-hmm. I do and um, just a really different style. And mm-hmm. it's uh, like I've been to some of their shows before and they play a couple of my songs and it's cool. It's trippy because it, like, yeah, it sounds so different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I found an Austrian, like, hardcore band covering Come On Forest Fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was really cool. So, um, yeah, but you, so you started, have you sung in choirs, like, before the choir? Like, how did you start with, like, choirs? Yeah, I've done lots of choir stuff. Okay. Um, I've been, I've been involved in, like, various community music things and also, like, just individual lessons since I was like four or five. Um, yeah, I used to do a lot of musical theater in Comox, cool. <laughs> in the Comox <laughs> Valley. Um, like a non-audition, pretty chill. Like in Cumberland type thing? Uh, in, in Comox. Oh, Comox. Yeah, okay. I lived in Comox. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, yeah, the, the sort of Cumberland, Courtney, Comox, Campbell River mm-hmm. was all sort of one area, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did... Uh, like right from elementary school through junior high and high school I did as much choir stuff as I could that was offered okay by the school. through school like mostly secular e- choirs or? yeah yeah okay. uh yeah so it was like cool. vocal jazz yeah. and um chorus okay. and but I did sing in a chamber ensemble when I was 17 mm-hmm. um which was a more chamber style Kind of, we were singing in a lot of like Italian and French and like smaller group, like five people or no, it was maybe like around 20 people, okay. 20, 30 people. So I, I kind of became interested in like, you know, what what's the difference between choir and singing by yourself on stage, which you could probably answer better than me. <laughs> yeah, I find it so incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Um, especially around the sort of nervousness that I feel like I've been performing solo Mm -hmm. for like 12 years 10 or 12 years now um and you know so I've messed up everything I could possibly mess up during a (laughs) performance and um sort of had all the scary things Mm -hmm. happen and it doesn't really phase me anymore like those aren't things that I'm worried about going into a show I'm mm-hmm. like oh am I gonna forget the lyrics like probably at some point and it's fine <laughs> um yeah and I'm pretty comfortable with it um I get more nervous about choir concerts mm. because especially this choir it's huge mm-hmm. and when we rehearse we're all spread out you know on one level mm-hmm. um and I find I really move a lot when I'm singing in in the choir because mm-hmm. there's also a lot of standing around so like your body gets sore and just have to like keep 
sort of shifting around but then we get to the concert and we're on risers Mm -hmm. and we're so packed in there and for some reason just being one of many makes me feel like any movement that I make actually makes me stand out more Mm -hmm. so the choir is usually like is there an expectation of standing on risers for choirs because I was kind of wondering that for like accessibility because some people can't stand yeah on a riser for that long totally or whatever and I was like what if someone was just sitting in a chair like would that be acceptable well and lots of people do sit in Mm -hmm. chairs at rehearsal um but not during the concert not during the concert yeah um I think it's just because there's so many of us that if we Mm -hmm. were all on one level a lot of people would be singing into the heads of the people in front of them but I think like um the what's really rad about this choir is there's more and more discussion around different kinds of accessibility Mm -hmm. um like financial accessibility that's something that's changed in the last few sessions people can um like pay extra Mm -hmm. so it goes into a fund like a scholarship fund for Mm -hmm. people who can't afford the choir such as myself which is great yeah Um, that makes sense financial accessibility yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it that I think that's a really rad thing and and you know more discussions around gender and pronoun changing lyrics of songs if anyone like doesn't feel good about them but the the riser thing it hasn't come up Mm -hmm. but I guess I mean the thing about that is usually someone has to ask for themselves exactly you know also yeah and then all the pressures on that one that person maybe too there's I mean we don't all fit on the risers anyways there's Mm -hmm. um at least there was supposed to be two rows of people on the floor um and and there's all you know people talk about um myself included like a fear of fainting on stage (laughs) yeah a new one (laughs) and uh someone did someone has fainted at one of our concerts before Mm -hmm. and um, so that person is on the stands on the floor mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, but did yeah. people kind of catch them? Or? Yeah, I didn't even notice that mm-hmm. it happened. I don't. Yeah, think I don't worry that much because I grew up Pentecostal, so I know that if someone falls back, people in front of them, behind them, will just catch them. People used to always fall backwards at church. Oh right, you know, like randomly. So right. I know, like, yeah, just people behind. Them. <laughs> Everyone's reflexes yeah. are yeah, ready. Like, they'll catch them. It's fun. Yeah, but yeah, that's like definitely. I've never had that fear, but it's probably warm there, and like you're just standing. I know it's really hard to stand still for a long period of time. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really the lights are bright. It's mm-hmm. warm. It's a lot of concentration. It's very yeah. tiring. Yeah. So music, like I've been thinking a lot about like singing and. I find that if I don't sing regularly, I become what Kendra, my spouse, calls strange. I often get sent on tour if it's been long enough. Like I need to, and I'm actually starting to, because I was playing so much for a few years, you know, if I played 200 shows a year, I wouldn't have to think about singing because I would just do that on stage. And now I'm like touring a little bit less. So I have to actually, you know, come back to the realization that I started singing for a reason. Right. And then if I don't sing, you know, I don't feel that well, which is kind of interesting. So I wonder if most singers are like that, or like if you notice if you're not singing, or if like choir brings in a nice, you know, you also have your own solo shows, but if it's, yeah, like what, like what choir kind of brings to your own health or mm-hmm. how it like works in with the scheme of singing? Oh yeah, it's huge. Um, so 200 shows a year, that's a lot. Um, just needed to <laughs> comment on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I mean, same kind of thing, like I forgot or I can forget that I, there's a reason that I like sing and and play music. It's an outlet, but I've been doing it for so long um, 
yeah, there hasn't been that many times where I've found myself not doing it on a regular basis until the last couple of years, actually. And this is this like major thing that I've been realizing about choir, because um, I suffer with depression, like uh, I have for a really long time, and it takes on lots of different forms. And it's been really bad the last couple of years. And for the first time, I actually kind of lost interest in music last winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I I could spend hours just playing the guitar in my room, and normally I'm playing tons of shows. Like yeah, I, mm-hmm. I didn't I wouldn't have to try. I would just be singing all That'd the be time. The rhythm of practicing or writing or you're on stage. Yeah, and like I have so many musical friends, so mm-hmm. um, even just yeah, hanging out with pals, like we'd usually mm-hmm. be singing and playing music. And then yeah, I just stopped. I just wasn't feeling it anymore. Um, just yeah I kind of stopped doing like everything but I still had choir Mm -hmm. every week and it was this like shining light in in every Tuesday night like I knew I'd get to go sing with a bunch of people and I think it was just like um it's less pressure you know like as I was kind of feeling like I didn't have it in me to be playing music um a lot of people know me as a musician so they you know they were like let's hang out let's play music let's jam let's like play music and I was like oh my god like stop asking me to play music like I just having a little break yeah I just like (laughs) needed to like chill in my room for like you know six months or something but um but to come and just sing amongst like 80 people Mm um uh it did so much for me and it would sort of yeah like I'd carry it with me for a few days afterwards because it's also like um like Mark always leads a really great warm-up we do lots of breathing and stretching and just singing chords yeah we stretch (laughs) is it like baseball stretching (laughs) um Mark kind of makes up his own interesting stretches sometimes talk to Mark so we'll see what stretches I can find out about tomorrow from Mark (laughs) okay great yeah maybe he can lead me on my own warm-up that would be cool that would be a great way to start your interview (laughs) yeah um yeah, and it's just, you know, stuff that I wasn't doing on my own, just moving my body and taking deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've really been noticing in the last, um, like, five or six years or so that um, it's not even just singing for me, but singing with other people is what gives me the most enjoyment, even if it's just one other person. Mm-hmm. But just harmonizing, mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love it so much. I feel like it's it's medicine for my mm-hmm. body in my mind just yeah that makes sense yeah. I used to harmonize a lot more with other people than I do less now ah yeah I love it it's like what music has sort of become for me mm-hmm. now um so yeah getting that's a that's a huge part of of the choir obviously So I sat down with Mark, the choir director, after the show, and we talked a little bit more about the choir. Okay, well, welcome, Mark. Thank you. What is your last name? Jenkins. Mark Jenkins. (laughs) Welcome, Mark Jenkins. You are the director of the choir. 
Yes, I am. In Victoria. Is it called the choir YYJ or just the choir? It's called the choir. I okay. I kind of added the YYJ so that it was possible to Google it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the location. Exactly. Yeah. And so we've already had our practice and the show. Indeed. Now we're going to chat about just choir stuff in general. Sounds great. Um, so how you emailed me like, was it like four months ago or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That. And I was really excited. I mean, I've seen like invites for the choir having shows and stuff before. Right. So I was like, oh, what is this choir here in uh, Victoria? So I was, I was really excited. And then I was like, oh, I haven't really sung in a choir in a long time. So, um, so I've been interviewing people like my spouse's dad as he sings in, well, you saw him sing in Vox Humana, yes. uh, Tim, and I've been interviewed Tanya from the choir who also did a solo song at the show, yes. which was really awesome. So, yeah. So I kind of been asking everyone like similar things, like, you know, um, the first question would be like, did you like, grow up singing in choirs? I did not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I guess I sang, there was a, a little bit of elementary school, um, you know, like ensemble singing. I can't even remember if there was any harmony at all, but my class sang at a few events at other schools on risers. That's all I really remember. That and my music teacher's name was Mrs. Noise. Mrs. Noise, that's yeah. amazing. It was spelled no yes. Which Were was... you like forced to do the Christmas tree thing where you wear garbage bags and... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Throw flashlights around. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> maybe that was only me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like, wow. That <laughs> so was a Calgary thing. We're like, let's waste some bags. Yeah, we didn't have that in Edmonton. No, no, no. It was too cold. No, too cold, not enough money going around to just afford all those garbage bags, exactly. you know? Yeah, so... Um, okay, so were you like a musician before, like in bands before the choir? Like, yeah. how did you get into choir? How did I get into choir? Well, yeah, I've been playing music since I was, I guess, about, I started playing guitar when I was seven. Whoa. And then, whoa. And then I've been playing in bands since I was on and off since I was 14. So that's more than 20 years. And um, when the choir started, Ann Schaefer, who was the first director, and I are friends and, and, I helped with a lot of like the, the lifting of things and the setting up of gear and whatnot, uh, for her, recording rehearsals, etc. But that okay. when the choir started, that was the first choir I'd ever really been in. So you came in as a roadie, kind and you of. worked your way into being the director. This exactly. is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like actually I have a lot of experience in arranging. <laughs> <laughs> in a way. That's awesome. You were also singing too, right? Like yeah, I sang. Okay. I sang. You know, I was always a you know, harmony singer in bands I was in. Okay. And I guess after I moved to Victoria, just over 10 years ago, I started playing pedal steel guitar. Okay. Which uh, is really, really cemented a lot of harmony, theoretical ideas in my brain, mm -hmm. just because I always had to be thinking of, you know, this note's going in this direction. I hear this note going in another direction. How do I do that? What does that mean musically? So I think that laid the foundation for arranging for choir right because are you traveling on the steel five steps up or five semitones or five intervals i forget it's a five isn't it like when you or do you have control over your foot like yeah, how high it goes yeah well i mean it's tuned to a, a e9 tuning which there's a lot of like major seconds between notes in okay there. Mm -hmm. but you can change the pitch by sliding the bar or okay. raise or lower with knee levers and pedals. Knee lever? Yeah, knee lever. How did I never look under my steel player and notice a <laughs> knee lever? <laughs> well, um, as I found out watching Calexico at close range once, it kind of looks like you're looking 
like in some at somebody's groin if you're like staring it's at true their, at their knees there's a lot happening i mean i did tell my steel player like you can't wear shorts at folk festivals because there was a lot going on under there and i just didn't know he'd have everything locked down you know yeah. so i was like you need to just wear pants at this I, yeah, steel yeah. Players should always wear yeah pants. so i don't even know if he was planning on wearing pants it was just like an awkward <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> i was having a singer songwriter moment and just made up a rule um yeah okay so yeah i mean steel it's true you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants trying to like see where you're sliding and Wow, that would be, yeah, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. And you're also like up there and now your foot's down and you're like, where do I go to get this note to get back to that note? And There's also a lot of, there was also when I started playing steel, uh, there's a lot of fear involved because it's a, you can really sound horrible mm-hmm. without, with a minor error. Yeah. And so, no frets and no frets. lots of notes flying around, movable strings. Yeah. And like things you can bump. You know, like bump, you accidentally bump one pedal that you're not supposed to. And, oh, yeah. But there's strings that just sound bad. I think fear points. makes the best music, though. I'm convinced of I it. I agree. <laughs> just being totally scared. Yeah. Like, people think they make the best music when they're, like, jamming out. And I'm like, no, you have to be totally fearful. <laughs> so I agree that fear is an important element. Maybe a little bit of jamming, a little fear, you know, mixed in. But, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and play it. It sounds like my kind of extreme sport. <laughs> like, whoa. The extreme sport of music. Synths are kind of like that because you can adjust one parameter and blow out like a speaker or whatever, you know, because you are you don't know exactly. If you don't know your synth well, like you can't just twist a knob on stage and see where it goes because, yeah, you get basically every frequency and every like change you could make. Yeah, <laughs> right. So many possibilities. Exactly. So, I mean, hopefully they have like some sort of limiter on you that they, you can't blow it out, but who knows, right? But who knows, yeah. Who knows? Um, cool. Okay, so then you, you were singing, because I talked to Tanya a bit, and Tanya was in the choir maybe when you started directing, right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. I think she was maybe in the session before I took over. Cool. And then has been in it pretty much since I took over. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the choir, you do it in sessions, right? Like so, or semesters? Or it's yeah, it's something kind of like, like that. Semesters, yeah. Right. You, we have concerts in January and May each year. Okay. And so there's about a four month session where we learn all new arrangements of about ten to twelve songs, and then perform them, and then start over with. 10 or 12 new songs cool and so you mostly arrange them and sometimes there's guest arrangers and directors too or yeah exactly yeah yeah um yeah one sometimes two guest arrangers uh, or conductors um and the rest i do okay so how like how do they get the music like first do you how do how do you tell them the arrangements ah well um at the concerts you you know there's they're they're not holding any music Mm -hmm. at all but I arrange everything to sheet music okay. for the choir, and while it's a non-auditioned community choir, there's no there's no requirement to read. But mm-hmm. I've and I was a bit on the fence at first because most of the people in the choir don't actually read music. I don't really read music very well at all myself, but I found that it for me and and the people in the choir anyway, it seems to it's a common language that we can use as a good starting point. So somebody mm-hmm. who joins for the first time. And they're they're seeing all these black dots and whatnot. It doesn't take them very long to figure out that that if they they know where this this the first note is and they can hear it and they and they hear their friends around them singing it and then they see that it goes up. They mm-hmm. go, it doesn't take them very long to figure out what that how far that means. They mm-hmm. don't have to be able to sight read. They can just sort of use it as a sort of vocal tablature. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a great. That's a, I'm gonna use that. Vocal tablature. Yeah, it's just sort of um, like a. a it just sort of points like arrows pointing you in the right direction. Right. It doesn't tell you yeah. everything you need to know. That makes sense. 
I would imagine, I was like, maybe some of them could like, there's probably an app where you could feed in the music and it would play it for them too, actually, somewhere. Well, I you actually, could like spit it out on an arranger thing and then... Well, I actually, I actually at rehearsals, when I teach the parts, I have my arranging software on my iPad. Oh, cool. And so I'll like, okay, tenors, I'm going to show you your part. I press play and then it's just piano notes mm-hmm. playing the part, but I sing it so they can yeah. hear the words. And then, and then I also have uh, a person in each section record they learn it first and record it so everybody in the choir gets an audio version of what their part's supposed mm-hmm. to sound like sung by somebody who stands 10 feet to their left or right oh wow which is i think that's how most people do most of their learning is okay just by being in the group and having those recordings too. yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So the sheet music is a so when I was at the choir practice and show, there seemed to be like a lar- a high level of community, like between the members and, the, you know, I heard there was like a, a Facebook group where people share music and, and, uh, and also people like celebrate each other's birthdays or it's like very integrated and social, but also it seemed to me the people in the choir come from like lots of different backgrounds and different age groups. And, um, yeah, it seemed like a really nice kind of just solid place to hang out, you know, yeah. with people who love music. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, um, that's all. Tr- that's all true. Um, I don't exactly. I can't exactly explain how that happened. It. It did though. Um, yeah, like people. There's a lot of it. A lot of friendships really grew. You know, when we, the first time we went camping together. Okay, so uh, it's. I didn't know you went camping. This makes sense. We yeah. We, we got. We play. We sang at. Uh, the Camel Bay Music Fest okay, two on summers May ago Island. on May Island. Cool. It's a great, great festival, and I made a. I just had a like a, a, a little brainwave the night before, and I made a little wooden sign that said Choir Village, and I <laughs> put it in the ground, and everybody that everybody in the choir just camped together for the weekend, and and that really that kind of helped the the community feel um, really good established. And then, for the most part, there hasn't been that much turnover since I took over the choir. Like, mm-hmm. At most, 20, 20% would leave in a session, but usually 10% or less. So, in three years I've been doing it, it's almost it's mostly the same people, to okay. a degree. And so people really get to know each other when they're, especially when you're you know, non-musicians, for the most part, singing together is... It's pretty vulnerable, you know, just trusting the people around you. I find that people might not even know what the person they stand next to every week, what their job is, or, or they, you know, do they have kids? Like sometimes people don't even know, but they feel like they know the person mm-hmm. because they've been opening their mouth and being brave enough to sing whatever I throw at them. And then to go through that and then perform in front of five or 600 people at Alex Golden Hall. Um, and then you know and then hang out after and go to a party and see each other's birthday happy birthday <laughs> it, it definitely does um there is a really strong community vibe so thanks a lot for listening to my very first ray spoon goes around podcast you can find me at RaySpoon.com on patreon under ray spoon and i'm gonna keep going around and trying to bring you as many stories as i can from my travels Oh, this is